Hello and welcome to the next installment of the SUAS News Podcast Series where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications that are relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and let's say hello and welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Gene. Good day there, Mr. Patrick. How are you, sir? And I hope all the listeners are doing well today as well. I'm sure they are, although you really like to make me sweat. I love to see you show up on the board here when the music is almost <laughs> over. Makes me feel good. Just checking uh, to see if you had a pulse. I got a pulse. All right. So anyway, um, I don't know. There's uh, lots of stuff been going on um, in the news. And as we always do, we kind of talk about some of the news stories that have been out there for the week. And uh, you probably notice that everybody and their brother is ready to start delivering mail and packages with unmanned aircraft systems. You know, I, I noticed that. But, uh, you know, as you and I both know, since we've been kind of, you know, this is not our first rodeo, if you will, um, Federal Express has had a plan on the table since, what, 2006 or 2007 that uh, all of their aircraft, their cargo aircraft, were going to be unmanned just as soon as the FAA gave them the nod. And that was that was years ago, so it's, it's really not much of a surprise to us, is it? No, and that, you know, that never really materialized. That might have even been, you know, b- before that. And uh, I w- other funny note was the guy that was uh, the ALPA representative when I was on the small UAS arc worked oh, for yeah. FedEx. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, the handwriting's on the wall, my friend. You know, uh, <laughs> the good old days of, you know, being the pilot may come to an end. Although they just kept trying to woo me over to the dark side of the force. They wanted me to go get a pilot's license, but, uh, you know, I'm strictly in the unmanned camp. But I do think that's funny. Everybody, you know, that's uh, even Aero Vireman is, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll start working with the post office. And my uh, comment on that is, is if uh, you think they're doing bad now. <laughs> hey, it's only going to get worse. But And then that, and then I've been sending out some kind of funny uh, tweets this morning. I don't know if you caught any of those, but, uh, you know, talk to someone else about uh, the test site announcements. Now, I heard from one inside source that they were going to announce um, the test sites at TAC. And then I talked to another kind of inside source. I guess we have inside sources here. And they were like, are you crazy? You know, if, if they announce it then, then they might have to uh, cancel their Christmas vacation. So, you know, I was thinking we should uh, draw up a pool. And my five bucks is on December 31st. <laughs> for the announcement. You think so? I'm thinking about, I don't know, 4 o'clock Eastern, <laughs> December is 31st. Is that a Friday? Is, no, is that a Tuesday. Friday? It's a Tuesday, <laughs> but it's, you know, it is uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, you could probably uh, strike the rest of the week. <laughs> Nobody will be coming into the office and... Uh, you know, things will die down before the next Monday. <clears throat> and you know how this that, that works. That cycle works anyways. Nobody's really back up to speed until about the 15th of January. You are correct. <laughs> but I do think that uh, if, they miss the, if they miss the December thing for the test sites, 
And this is, you know, my opinion, of course, but if they miss the December, which they already blew right through for the MPRM for small unmanned aircraft, if they blow through December for the test center things, I think uh, credibility is going to be so low that it'll be in the wheelhouse of the Titanic. What do you think? Well, either that or they'll have to wait for the the next major international crisis to announce that they're going to move it back. Um, that's that's probably the next thing that would have to happen. But uh, credibility, wow. Um, do I really have to comment on that? No, you don't. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Uh <laughs> Let's see what else is going on here in the news. Any anything that uh, you wanted to talk about? Okay, I, I've got a little surprise for you this morning, Patrick. Um, and, and you know, yeah, you know me. I'm I'm not one to to just jump out there into the next fad of technology and stuff like that. But I actually got a Twitter account. Woo! You're gonna be. Uh, I did. I did. You know. Yeah. And if anybody wanted to follow me, I'm at uh, at Syntex Flyer. So, you know, there you go. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm catching up a little at a time, but I just wanted to make sure it was going to stick around, you know, kind of like this unmanned aircraft thing. Well, I like, you know, I've actually at first I was, uh, I did not embrace, embrace uh, Twitter because I'm um, like, you know, if anybody tweeted me or, you know, especially, I know some of this stuff, I'm, I kind of want to see any pictures of your croissant or your cup of coffee or, you know, you're at the cafe <laughs> or whatever. Like anybody tweets me and that's it. They're on. A, they're defriended forever. But actually, I've I've come to embrace Twitter. I think of it kind of as electronic form of Tourette's. Where you just get out there, blast out a one liner and let it lie. You know. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of liking it now. You know. So we'll we'll see. Now Gary's still trying to get me to do the Facebook thing, but. Uh, yeah, I haven't made that jump. I, you know, it, we'll we'll try with the Twitter. And by the way, you need to you need to get send me your Twitter account, and I'll follow you, and you can follow me, and and we'll not try not to be paranoid about it. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how all that works out. I just I tweet over the SUS news, um, at SUS news. That's all I tweet on. I don't have my own personal tweet handle. I'm not cool enough I got for you. that. But I'm thinking about going to Instagram. That's where all the, the hip kids are these days. Instagram. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't handle it all. I'm lost. I, I'm just snowed in with the emails. But anyway, um, you know, today we were going. Our, our guest is Matthew Schroyer from the Professional Society of Drone Journalists. And usually we, like, interview the newsmakers. But this guy is actually trying to uh, gather the news using drones. So let's say hello to our guest, Matthew. Matthew, are you out there? Hi, Patrick. How you doing? Good, good. Now, I know you've got a Twitter, because I see you tweet now and again. I got a tweeting problem. Do you? Do you look at it like Tourette's, Sometimes. or are you a little bit more serious with it? It comes and it goes. You know, it depends on how I'm feeling that particular day. But, uh, well, why don't you, you know... Throw out your handle while you're while you're here. Yeah, sure. If anyone wants to follow me on uh, Twitter, um, you can do so at the handle uh, Matthew, uh, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, underscore Ryan. And that's me, Matthew Ryan. Real name's Matthew Schroyer, though. <laughs> I know. Well, they're, they're hard to, you know, come up with uh, individual handles. But, um, yeah. you know, we, 
we know who you are. <clears throat> um, we, you were, um, we, we've seen you around, but for the benefit of the listeners, do you think you could give people um, a short bio on you, maybe the, the, the PSDJ, and what else you're doing? Sure, yeah. So uh, full-time, uh, I work for a National Science Foundation grant at the University of Illinois called Entrepreneurial uh, Teacher Leaders or Entrepreneurial Leadership in STEM Teaching and Learning. Sorry about that. Uh, the acronym is ENLIST. And basically we're all about building uh, teacher leaders that start collaborations that kind of span school districts and uh, transform K-12 STEM education. And my role in all this, uh, part of it, is uh, actually building small unmanned systems uh, for the classroom so that students have the opportunity to learn as they uh, design them and kind of take on the role of engineers and then also retrieve all that great uh, geospatial uh, GIS data and learn something um, while using it. Uh, so, I mean, that's my full-time gig, but uh, I'm also uh, started an organization called Professional Society of Drone Journalists, and, and our website is at dronejournalism.org, and we're all about basically um, helping uh, journalists who might want to use unmanned systems uh, to uh, augment their reporting, be that, you know, for... Um, uh, as a cheap replacement for a news helicopter, getting some aerial perspective on a news event, or even uh, using them uh, to collect data to kind of aid their investigations. And that pretty much uh, takes up most of my time, except for sleeping <laughs> and eating occasionally. <laughs> well, I know this, uh, you know, the unmanned thing can be consuming. Um, now, I mean, you're a trained journalist, right? Yeah, uh, yes, uh, I have a uh, master's in, in journalism uh, from here at the University of Illinois. But as I like to say, I mean, journalism is really just something that you, you go out and you do. I mean, there's formal training programs, but uh, I think the real key to be becoming a journalist is uh, to just look for the news, look for the sources, get the information, uh, learn about the news, and then, you know, report on it. Well, I, you know, I, I try to uh, do that myself. I'm not a trained journalist. I don't know if it shows or not. <laughs> I, well, I think you guys I just, do a good job. I, I, I should say I think, I think we at, at SUAS News do, do a great job of um, tracking down the, you know, the information and uh, you know, trying to get the scoops. I mean, there's been several great scoops that SUAS News has had um, thanks to the kind of investigations you, you've done into the, um, you know, into the world, basically. Well, I appreciate that. I like to, uh, it, it comes, uh, you know, writing stories, I, I like to write about what I like to write about, but it's it, it's definitely something that's interesting. But also, I mean, <clears throat> I know you're not that old, but I, the reporters that I talk to about using unmanned aircraft, you know, it's like, okay, well, I work at a paper or I'm a freelancer or whatever. And you either have to like work in conjunction with a photographer or be your own photographer. And then some of what you were talking about, like using a helicopter or whatever, uh, if, especially if you're freelancing, either, you know, you can't really afford that, but the drone um, affords you the opportunity to add a picture to the story, like the old saying goes, a picture's worth a thousand words. You want to fill in the blanks on that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and um, every day there's more and more examples of how these uh, unmanned systems and especially the small ones, um, are becoming useful for journalists. I mean, you had recently the, um, the hurricane in the Philippines. Um, a uh, photographer happened to be down there with a, 
I believe, a, a DJI system and was able to get some great video. And, and CNN said, hey, can uh, can we use your skills and your equipment and do something really great? And um, so CNN did some live reporting there uh, using uh, unmanned systems. Not live, but it was, it was recorded. Um, and then, you know, you have people who uh, may not be totally um, considered know, mainstream reporters, they may not hold a job at a, at a newspaper, but they're doing things like um, using these to uh, get a different perspective on, for instance, uh, a lot of the political protests. Um, and so that's been also, uh, you know, pretty useful um, and pretty interesting to watch unfold. Even, um, even people who aren't natively trained as journalists or don't have that background can still pull off an amazing amount of reporting just using small and man systems. Right. Now, and, you know, I wanted to, um, because we we did use the graphic that you have about, you know, I know that one of the reasons that you put together the PSDJ, which is a lot like the the PFJ, but it's a different story, (laughs) um, you know, is to talk about uh, some ethics, uh, professional ethics, uh, kind of a guild for, for journalism. And I'm actually running the graphic on the podcast leader, um, that you have, you have kind of have like a, a a birthday cake or a cake of a, a <laughs> graphic that has different um, items on it, and maybe you could uh, kind of delve into that. Yeah, it's um, it was basically just that that graphic was a way to uh, visually organize um, all the different ethical considerations floating around with with uh, UES and and trying to. Um, get people to, to, to use them ethically because, you know, as a journalist, we already have kind of a bad, a bad rep, understandably, things like, you know, hacking scandals and all this and paparazzi. And um, so, I mean, I think it was important to have something like an ethical code to begin with. Um, and the, the pyramid shape just kind of helps journalists uh, wrap their heads around all the, the, uh, uh, the considerations there. Of course, privacy is, is, is a pretty big concern. Um, but I think a, a concern that uh, is, is even more important than that, and it shows itself in the pyramid, is kind of the safety stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you are you trained to use your system? Do you know how to use it safely? Do you have everything planned out? Um, you know, basically so that you can uh, incorporate, uh, you know, keeping the public safe as part of your kind of normal ethical, um, you know, uh, beliefs as as a journalist. And it's, it, it basically draws from other organizations in kind of the area of journalism that, that deal with ethics and then also combining things from the more technical side, you know, in the IEEE and uh, in our Kappa, too. Well, uh, you know, we, we believe in that. We, we think that the safety thing is very important. And it's kind of funny that you say that. I've been, you know, I mean, I've spent a lot of time on the interweb, and I'm out there, and there are a lot of schools starting up. Let's say that are you know training people to use uh, drones, be mainly uh, the multi rotors, and you'll see the first thing is it's footage of flying over a big crowd of people. <laughs> like I'm, right. mm, I don't know if that's who the school I want to go to. Gene, what do you think? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry for the dead air there. Um, I've, I'm sitting here trying to multitask, and, and I don't know. This, Are this you Twitter tweeting thing. already? I mean, you know, but, come but, on. No, wait, no, wait. Now, now i got to tell you, I'm about as lost as last year's Easter egg because I'm still trying to get this thing 
Okay, but what was the question again? Here, let me. I'm going to tweet it to you right now. Oh, please. <laughs> No, no, it was the question was about uh, some of these, you know, I don't know if you've noticed some of these flight schools popping up online, you know, professional drone flight school. And you know, um, I've noticed. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say that very thing. You know, it seems like there is a plethora of colleges that are now coming out with online training classes. And I'm like, how does that work? I mean, if you're supposed to go out and, and fly these things, how is an online training class going to get you anywhere? I don't know, but they're coming out of the woodwork. I got an email uh, from Embry-Riddle's doing a three-day online course. Uh, look, they get a free plug right there. Um, I, there. There's a lot of people. But, I, you know, like I was, I was saying is, is one of the things I've noticed with a lot of the video, it's like the first video is like over a big crowd of people. You know, yeah, professional training that's school. Yeah, that, that's yeah. not a good thing. No. And and even that bull run thing, I mean, uh, was that a, I mean, they were making a film. They weren't really doing a news story, were they? Anybody know? As far as, yeah, as far as I know, it was just kind of a, a, a feature type of deal for the event, and it wasn't going to be, you know, actually used for anything other than, you know, just a a, a documenting of the, of the event. Yes. Well, I don't know. Well, and, and uh, so that, I think that's good, Matthew. I mean, we're all about safety and, and beating that drum, I think, is very important, um, you know, however you're going to use this uh, technology. But the other thing is, is and you may have kind of touched on it a little bit, but this um, PSDJ is international, right? I mean, you, you got members in, in countries around the world? Yes, uh, that, that's that was one of the things going into is, uh, I mean, part of it is, is you gain so much insight by reaching out to a global community, and we didn't want to just be exclusive to people in the U.S. because we realized this is something that would have a global impact and global reach. Um, I saw a, a beneficial side effect of that is that uh, we, um, we have members in countries that have more uh, lax regulations for unmanned um, systems. So we just recently hit our two-year anniversary, and we have about – a little over 100 members from 19 different countries, and we just elected uh, a board of directors. And uh, cool. the board of directors consists of myself, um, a gentleman from Kansas City, and then the other two members are from Canada and Australia. So fortunately, we, in having that global reach, um, you can you know, find places where you can go out and do uh, drone journalism at this point. <sighs> Well, that's good that somebody's, you know, able to take the torch and go with it. Um, but I do like the uh, the global reach. And I do think that, um, I mean, I was thinking about, I, I mean, I don't really have time for another group because uh, I'm already stretched thin, but, you know, drone users worldwide or something where I, I really do think with the Internet and the technology and the information and all the rest of that, <clears throat> it's so global uh, that it's uh, – it's great to see what other people are doing. Sometimes it's a little sad. You see, see people doing stuff, and you're like, wow, I wish we could do that here someday. <laughs> but right. whatever. Um, so, you know, the other thing is, is what I wanted to ask you, too, um, you know, with this group, uh, you've got 100 people, and I was just curious, uh, what types uh, of systems are people using? Are they bought and st or store-bought stuff? Are they cobbling stuff together? Are they just like a soup to nuts? What, what do you see out there? It's, uh, it's, it's uh, kind of 
uh, skewed towards multi-rotors right now, um, which is not a bad thing by any means because, I mean, they're very versatile machines, and, and that's what gets uh, a lot of people's imaginations going in the first place. I mean, they see one, it looks interesting, it does cool things. Um, before you know it, you're, you know, you're doing a, a drone journalism piece. Um, but, I mean, I, I work with some of those myself, but I think slowly we're going to see more and more people um, with skills related to fixed-wing aircraft, small fixed-wing aircraft that can do, um, you know, mapping, basically, to where you can actually measure things happening on the ground, things like oil spills or the impact of natural disasters or, uh, you know, things just that happen on a large scale that you really kind of need to, to measure. Um, I think Falcon UAV has done some great examples over in Colorado of, of what you can do in terms of delivering information using a mapping drone. Um, and it doesn't take really a stretch of the imagination to see how a newspaper or a news website could use one of those, you know, in kind of like a crisis situation, like a flood, to tell people, you know, what, what parts of town are not so good to go into. I mean, <laughs> is your grocery store underwater? Um, can you even get out of town? That, that kind of thing, I, I think, is, is kind of just around the corner. Well, and it's, you know, you're, you're hitting on some uh, very valid points, you know. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the information seems, it seems kind of like a no-brainer, but really, you know, how, how do you get that? And what does it add to, let's say, the, the value of the news story? And it, and it adds a lot. It's like, hey, you know, like you just said, don't go to the, you don't want to go to the grocery store because your grocery store is flooded. You know, you might want to go to uh, A&P or whatever, you know. Um, and, and it could save people's lives. That's that's really the thing, the promise I see, you know, uh, is the saving people's lives, uh, saving people time, and, and saving their property. And and while we're on that, on the, the saving, did you see the, um, I'm going to ask you, did you see the civilian drone documentary or civilian drone movie? I did, yeah, at the, uh, at the, the last, or the first, actually, at Small Unmanned Systems Business Expo, there was a nice presentation with, uh, and, that, and that was journalism there, too, so you, you guys can't say you're not journalists, <laughs> putting out stuff like that. Um, you know, talking with uh, people who, uh, you know, had firsthand experience, um, you know, in, in using these in, in kind of a uh, search and rescue, SAR context, um, all the cool stuff that Gene Robinson has been able to do. And I think one of the things that really stuck out for me in that, um, in that video, in, in, and unfortunately it's not everywhere, um, this information that, um, I mean, in some of these cases, people had been missing for months, um, and no one, no, you know, there was no closure there, and you, with, within 20 minutes of getting there on the scene, sometimes Les Gene Robinson was able to find, um, you know, the missing person and bring closure to a, a tragic situation. Um, and I think that, that, is, that is a very powerful message, I think, that sense. Uh, I do too, and and I think that uh, you know there's been a little controversy about the film, right, Gene? Just a little bit, uh, yeah. There, it, it's kind of been uh, a little bit taken as a little bit of a, a swipe at the FAA, but uh, you know we know that there are ways, there are waivers and exemptions and stuff that that can be done, and it just seems to have fallen on deaf ears, and and that's one of the things that we. You know that that the, the documentary pointed out. Uh, we've heard that the the message has been heard, but if nothing gets done and you you keep asking about the message, then has it really been heard? <laughs> so yeah, we're we're still kind of wondering, you know, whether it is. I mean, I 
I, I am on standby literally 24-7 to, to go anywhere in the United States and, and to use my expertise. And I can assure you that if there's a 5-year-old or a 7-year-old or an 85-year-old missing and I can help, I'm going to do what I can to help. Turn simple. Well, and, you know, that's a noble, noble cause. Now, you know, I love the movie. I, uh, I've watched it a couple of times. I'm going to actually watch it again. Because it's like one of those um, Doctor Strange love or something. Not that it's comedy, but you know you can watch it and you can learn some more out of it. And I am. I'm going to actually watch it again. Um, now, Matthew, have you seen Drone TV? Um, that one is actually new to me. You haven't seen Drone TV? Oh my God! Uh, I, I thought you were in the news business. That's it. I'm texting Gene right now. That's right. <laughs> This is Patrick's debut. So, I mean, well, actually, Ted was his debut. That was the, the kind of feeler into the market. But the Drone TV, Patrick's full debut. And That's right. It's looking pretty good. Well, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, Matthew, you're going to have to check that out because, um, you know, I am kind of proud of it. Uh, we do discuss SAR and the Civilian Drone movie. Um some folks are, are um, bristle a little bit about what I have to say, but, uh, you know, I, I thought overall that it was pretty um, – some people beat me up for not, you know, for asking softball, mamby-pamby uh, questions and that I should have really uh, drilled people down. And they've also said that about the podcast. I think people were a little disappointed that I didn't get people on the podcast and, and uh, you know, just tear them to shreds. But I think that's kind of a poor taste to get people on the podcast or whatever and then tear them to shreds. Now, that's not uh, – I'm not going to say that I won't um, try and, you know, bring up points that I see and try, let's say, and lead people along to maybe do the right thing. Um, I am going to do that because I do have a, uh, a public forum and I do have people that listen and write an email and say, Hey, this is great. Um, like, you know, one of the, one of the last ones was the, the article on how the U S fell so far behind on NASA integration over. I mean, I, I've just been getting tons of emails on that and people saying, wow, you know, I, it, it kind of drew a picture for me of how this is working and why we're at where we're at and uh, thanks and keep up the good work and love the graphics and all the rest of that. And, um, I'm, you know, I, I did hear a little bit of feedback that I might have, I might have missed some of the points in there, but it's an op-ed piece. Um, I don't have all of the inside information. You know, we try and get it all, but it's just, uh, the, it's like, you know, wrestling Godzilla freestyle or something. It's a, it's a big job. So we're, we're trying to do what we can, but yeah, check out, I'd, I'd be interested in your feedback, Matthew on the drone TV. So if you can watch that and let me know, um, we have some other people coming up on drone TV. You got to stay tuned on that. Hopefully we'll, we'll drop another episode before, um, Christmas, but we'll see. Um, all right. Well, I know we kind of got off the beat and track that happens here, Matthew, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, it's a conversation between friends. So let's, um, right. you know, we'll move into segment two at cats. Um, let me, let me, what do you, let's talk about a little about regulation. Okay. And, and what that's going to mean to, uh, journalism using drones. Let's, let's talk about, uh, the state laws, like the one in Texas. 
And, and the reason that yeah. I'm going to use that example is is because that that exclusive did come here off of SUS News, and the ramifications. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so that's really kind of what we are, at least in the U.S., um, really concerned about. Um, is not so much maybe the federal regulations, but states kind of um, taking this kind of extreme approach um, with states like Texas having laws that basically you can't photograph anything above eight feet above the ground, anyone's property, anyone personally, without without their permission, without their express you know permission to do so, and. Um, it's uh, this, this kind of uh, laws come out of a you know extreme kind of political environment, um, a fear of the state, a fear of um, of you know of abuse, of, of invasion of privacy. But um, what what laws like these do is prevent good you know well-meaning journalists from you know doing what they need to do to bring information to people. And I, another breaking news um, or that uh, SUS had was, of course, the um, the river of blood in Texas with the meatpacking plant dumping their mm-hmm. blood into the river. Um, and that person didn't intend to be a journalist, and they weren't actually approaching it like a journalist in that they gave the information to uh, the Coast Guard and the, you know, the, the authorities first. Um, they weren't doing it with the purpose of you know, publishing it in a newspaper, but nevertheless, it ended up in a newspaper and ended up in you know, um, almost kind of an expose of this meatpacking plant. Um, and today, with the, the Texas law, that guy would probably be sued into the ground um, mm-hmm. for doing that kind of thing. Even though what was happening in that river, you probably could have seen it from 400 feet or 500 feet, um, places that uh, you know the the Supreme Court and the FAA consider basically you know a public highway just because of the altitude um, involved. But uh, you know when you get states like Texas pursuing these laws. It really starts to scare us journalists, and, you know, and some have had tried to come out to the elements of the Texas legislature, lobby against it. Uh, the National Press Photographers Association um, had, had a, uh, their, uh, their attorney there. Um, a photographer from the Dallas, uh, a Dallas newspaper was there. And, um, I mean, uh, they did what they could, but uh, they still could not convince the legislators not to, to pass that law or make an amendment that would exclude journalists, you know, from you know doing journalist work. And the the reply from uh, the, these legislators in Texas is that well, it, it uh, journalists would automatically be excluded because it only covers surveillance. Since well, um, that legal interpretation is awfully new. Um, I think that there is legal arguments to be made that certain elements of journalism could be classified as as uh, surveillance. And certainly someone might try to sue a journalist for, for doing something that's an investigative report, calling it, um, uh, you know, surveillance. So it's, it's, really, it's really troublesome. Um, and I think the best that, that we can do and part of the thing that, that we've been trying to focus on at the CSDJ is, is to kind of get the word out in, in 2014 about how journalists can use these, um, educate um, so that the journalists can actually write, you know, fact-based stories so that, that the public doesn't get whipped up in this kind of fervor where they support these laws or propose these kind of laws happening in the state. So that's, that's the, the general outlook is concerned um, over these state laws. Huh. <clears throat> it's, uh, that's interesting. Um, 
I, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think that there was there was some other stipulation in that law too about uh, using these the aerial photography for, um, <clears throat> you know, law cases or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, uh, actually, Patrick, there were a total of thirty nine exemptions in that piece of legislation. So, uh, you know, to to label it a feel good piece of lawmaking was probably an understatement. Uh, I think you would be, Matt, I, I mean, this is just my opinion on the situation, but I, I think it, it would require a legal precedent for a journalist to be prosecuted under that law. But, that, again, this is my opinion, but especially when you look at the number of exemptions that are contained in that bill. But, uh, you know, anything is possible, and, uh, you know, people can be very litigious when they want to. So, uh, but uh, I, I think that when it came down in the final analysis, that uh, I think that the journalist would probably win. Hmm. That, that's, that's, that's my hope is that that's what would you know come out of that law. Um, at the same time, we're really really cautious of, of things like this, um, you know, coming out and, and potentially hampering good legitimate you know uses of, of, of journalism, you know, for for drones. I think. Um, we're kind of we're all united in the sense that you know we don't regard really the paparazzi as journalists, um, and so the things that they might be up to aren't the things that you know we're trying to be up to, and so uh, hopefully that would curb kind of blanket legislation that would prevent you know both parties from from doing their job. Huh. A um, little distracted here. The kids' schools on lockdown. So. Oh, how Mark. nice. Yeah, guy with a rifle. Breaking news. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, so I'm a little distracted. The um, I think that, that that some of this shows that the power of the drone thing. Um, that some of these laws. And unfortunately, I think it's all knee jerk, and a lot of um, a lot of these people are, are kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater as far as what the capabilities are. Um, for this technology and, and, and what they mean to even bring the news to people or, or whatever else, bringing the story to people. But um, so what's on the, uh, you know, you kind of talked about some of the people, some of the other news gathering, like photography associations kind of um, getting involved a little bit in the fray there, Matthew. Is, do, you, do you see like a, this is kind of a growing trend um, is yeah, I, I think so. I think it is it is growing trend, um, and it will only be grow even more as people become aware of how they can personally use unmanned systems for their own uh, work, and also is kind of the um, the uh, learning curve for the technology drops. I mean, I, I don't regulations are a big concern for getting uh, drone adoption by um, by journalists, but uh, I think even maybe bigger than that is that uh, they're, they, they're pretty hard to fly. I mean, they don't fly themselves. Um, I've argued before that we really kind of need robotic aircraft as opposed to um, switch mode um, operations, and, you know, ones that are a little bit smarter um, and things like that. I mean, so that's, I mean, that, w- that would help us out a lot. Um, looking forward to what other things we're trying to accomplish in, in 2014, besides just getting the word out, is uh, potentially training some journalists um, who aren't familiar with it, 
um, trying to, and here in America, I mean, it's not so bit, so much a concern in, in Australia and Canada where the other board members are, but um, maybe talking to lawmakers to, you know, to make sure that uh, um, they, they keep us in mind when they're writing their, their legislation and things like that. Um, I mean, it's really early in 2014, and we just elected the board members, so this is stuff we're going to be talking about in the future. And um, if anyone has any, you know, extra things that, that might be, you know, useful for them, um, it'd be great to, you know, get a tweet from them or anything like that because we're open to ideas. Uh, we want to work with people. We're, we're not just about journalism, basically. I mean, we're the Professional Society of Drone Journalists is about helping journalists with these machines, but, um, I mean, we really like to open it up to people who are developing the technology um, and, and that journalists might be one of the groups of people that, uh, that end up using them. So, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of work to do in 2014. And we're still trying to get our bearings on how we should apply our kind of limited resources at this point. Well, I think you're doing good work, and uh, you know, I, I I definitely believe, and I think this is this is where you're at too. But I don't want to speak for you, but it's like a lot of the efforts kind of been at um, let's say convincing people inside the community that this technology is good. I think we're all convinced, and now that it's really time to go out into the general public and say, hey. We're here, and we've got this technology, and we want to help. And uh, that's kind of that was kind of the impetus for the uh, drone TV thing. And I think that that's what you're doing. And when I hear that you're bringing in other, these other news organizations and, and whatever else, or in other countries, and, and trying to do this, is that you are uh, saying to the public, "Hey, look, we're here, and uh, we're we're trying to offer you something that is both tangible and relevant." Absolutely. I mean, that's. Um, it's it's interesting um, that uh, uh, being you know the president of this professional society of drone journalists and, and saying that journalists have actually been a big part of the problem. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, every time I hear a newscast start with you know they're bombing stuff overseas and now they're coming here, I just have to roll my eyes because um, yeah, there's a lot of R and D that goes with military tech. Um, but there's so much here happening at the grassroots level, the DIY level, that's growing into viable businesses and services for people, um, you know, including services for journalists and for you know, people who consume news. That, um, that, uh, there, it's obvious there's a need for education, um, and it, it's awesome to go to uh, events where you can, you know, speak with other people who are dealing with the same problems, but I don't think that we're really going to get the kind of results that we want um, if we're not engaging the public and having a dialogue and also listening to their concerns. I mean, I, I know, Patrick, you, you were at um, uh, Berkeley, California, um, <laughs> talking with people there and, you know, and, and saying, you know, uh, that uh, it's not all uh, about privacy. I mean, there's I, the quote is, you know, if, if, do you like science? Do you like, you know, food? Then, um, then that's a technology you should probably be looking at, you know. Right, and you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like any time I get an opportunity to talk to protesters, I go out and talk to them. I want to hear what their concerns are, and I want to talk to them, and I want to say, hey, you know, there's, there's some of us out here that want to do good with this stuff, you know. And uh, you try and make them understand something. Well, I, I just don't want that, that, you know, the missile thing here. Hey, 
I don't want that here either, you know. But I do right. want to, um, you know, I, I think there's so much promise with this technology that really you just, you just can't discount at all. So I do go out and talk to them, and I want to, you know, I want to say, hey, okay, well, you have that. Okay, I understand this issue. Um, some people try and take what I say out of context, too, where I'm, I, you know, the, the whole electronic, you know, spying by the NSA with the cell phones and the computer and all the rest of that. I mean, it's that whole deal so off the hook that it just surprises me that people are like, oh, well, you know, these drones, it's, that, that'll be the end of our privacy. It'll, it's going to chill our First Amendment right. You know, it's like if the NSA right. hasn't put your First Amendment rights, man, on, on ice, yes. then nobody will. Exactly. You know? That's the thing that I, that I see a lot is, is that there's a lot of concern about this technology. But, um, you know, when information comes out about the NSA and they're, you know, uh, um, getting obtaining all this information, and you don't hear a peep, you know. But um, <laughs> when when a drone comes out, everyone comes out, and you know, and um, and I think that the reaction is partly, you know, journalists' fault. I mean, um, I, I think that uh, the journalism community as a whole could do a better job of reporting not just on drones, but in technology in general. Um, a lot of people go into that kind of field. Um, not because they're technologists, but, you know, because, um, you know, they think they're filling, you know, an important public role. And that role frequently doesn't involve, uh, you know, these deep technological concepts or regulations or things like this. So it's not the story that ends up, you know, getting told is, um, you know, so we see this one message being played on repeat and then we don't also in the same newscast balance that out with, you know, what, what are people doing that uh, you see, you know, um, you see Berkeley or, you know, UC Davis with, um, you know, the robotic helicopters and, you know, and all the stuff that's going on in labs across the country with this stuff. And um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, part of it's getting out there and, and telling your own people and, you know, helping educate them about about the potentials for this technology. Yeah, and, and you know, it's good. I wanted to kind of emphasize the point about the universities. That since this, uh, there's no regulation here in the United States. It, a lot of the, the work that's going on and research that's going on is in a silo. You know, people are they're probably working on the same projects, but just nobody knows about it because you don't want to talk about it because you don't want the FAA coming down on you. Now, if it makes the news and somebody calls up and says, well, you know, how come Professor Bag of Donuts over there at, uh, you know, Poughkeepsie U is using this drone and I can't use it? Have you ever had that happen to you, Gene? Oh, look, he's tweeting again. This, he's killing me. Anyway, um, I think that those are some issues. But I do still think that it's, it's uh, valuable for us to go out there and talk to people on, others, on the other side of the issue so they understand a little bit better. And one thing that I keep using is, um, you know, do you spend more time on the cell phone and the computer or, you know, you're out in the backyard naked, you know, more often. I'm usually on the phone and the computer more than out in the backyard, especially these days with the cold snap, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so for 2014, I know you got, you got some big plans, uh, but uh, what, 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 are, uh, what are some of the, the big goals for next year? Um, you know, a lot of it is going to depend on whatever regulations come down the pipeline, and we are really looking hard, at least in the U.S., um, at uh, at the small unmanned rules. So um, I know with the roadmap having come out, there's some indication of what those rules might entail and that they might 
closely resemble hobbyist rules if you're within line of sight, um, you know, if you have full control of the thing and a lot of these other provisions. Um, I think that is actually going to be, at least in the near term for us, um, a, a bigger game changer than, say, the rules that come out in 2015 because we're not really trying to, to integrate aircraft into, into the NAS. And so far as, uh, you know, journalism drones up there with 747s and things like this or delivering cargo, uh, most of what we're interested in is, is under 400 feet anyway. Um, and so I think that's really what, you know, in, I, I guess at this point we're waiting for January, February, or March, whichever month that may be, um, for these rules to come out. And that will set a lot of kind of the um, the agenda going forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Um, all right, well, you know, that's interesting. So, you know, before we, we go, because we're almost out of time, maybe uh, could you could you give the website um, for for the P or for the PSDJ, correct? Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, our our home website is dronejournalism.org. Um, no no spaces or anything, just dronejournalism.org. Um, I occasionally also contribute to suasnews.com. Those have been very busy lately. Um, and uh, but yeah, that's where you can find our group and learn more about us. And uh, we'll have more information, you know, coming about our our 2014 agenda in the coming weeks. I think. Excellent, Matthew. Excellent uh, show. I want to um, say thanks for for being on and being our guest. And uh, I look forward to doing uh, more stuff with you in the future. We uh, we we like having you around. And um, again, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. I, I really enjoy coming around here and, 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 and talking with, with knowledgeable folk about this, uh, this cool technology. Looking forward to the, uh, the conference. Uh, last year was, was awesome. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very much thinking that this year is going to turn out the same way, too, so it looks good. Well, thank you, sir. Everyone, uh, Gene, who's on the, I just tweeted him to come back to this, invited him to come back to the show. Are you here? <laughs> I, I'm here, and it's a little like taking a, a drink from a fire hose, but I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, I think I'm going to do that from now on. I'm just going to tweet you kids. Hey, Gene. No. <laughs> anyway, hey, thanks for being on. I'll talk to you soon. Everybody out there, have a good week, and we'll, uh, next week I think we're going to try and have somebody on with uh, talking about doing some ag. So have a good week. See you then. Take care, all. <laughs>